reluctantly crouched at the starting line. Engines pumping and thumping in time. The green light flashes, the flags go up. Churning and burning, they yearn for the cup. They deftly maneuver and muscle for rank. Fuel burning fast on an empty tank. Reckless and wild, they pour through the turns. Their prowess is potent and secretly stern. As they speed through the finish, the flags go down. The fans get up and they get out of town. The arena is empty, except for one man still driving and striving as fast as he can. The sun has gone down and the moon has come up. And long ago, somebody left with the cup. But he's driving and striving and hugging the turns and thinking of someone for Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick, And we've got ourselves a mailbag podcast today. And I'm going to give the listeners credit. I kind of hated the questions in week one. Like, there was no thought-provoking. It's like, what do you think about this player? What do you think about this player? There's some good questions in here. Like, there were some good questions I had to leave out, and I didn't have to do that week one. But we're 2-0. and It's a mailbag pod, Justin. We're going to get into some stuff about Wink Martindale's defense, some things the offensive line can do. Just a lot of, I think, interesting questions how are you doing? Yeah, Bobby, excited for this show. Always excited for the Millbag Pod that I like to hear your perspective on things. I mean, you hear my perspective on things. You know, I'm looking at a lot of stats. You're watching a lot of film. We come together and we chat about it. Uh, got a nice email from Brian Dable today thanking me and only me um, and probably 80,000 other Giants fans who are PSL uh, ticket holders uh, for being loud on Sunday. So that was really, really cool. And Whiteout? Monday night? There's a there's a question about that at the end. but Yeah, but why are we wearing um, white when Dallas is wearing white, too? We'll talk about it. I'm excited, Bobby Skinner. 2-0. Do you think Brian Dable actually typed that email? No, zero chance. All right, let's, um, <laughs> let's get into the mailbag. First, this episode was brought to you by some special people. We got David, Ryan, I feel bad. About- by the way, NFL take. I said, like, Matt Ryan's washed. Why are the Colts trading for him? And I saw smart people I follow being like, don't let people tell you Ryan's washed. He did some good. And I'm like, I don't know. It's like, he looked washed. And he's washed. Jay Raymond, she calls me Raymond. She thinks I'm her son. Uh, and then Nelson Gonzalez, who's part of the world beater tier, tier. Justin, who are these people? Nelson Gonzalez. Is this the same Nelson Gonzalez I went to high school with? And yes, he just it hung is, out. Actually. He just, what, what happened? It's him. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, and he just showed up at a, at our tailgate on Sunday at L16. So shout out to you, Nelson. Thanks, man. Oh, hey, John, I, I was just kidding. I guess it actually is him. If it's not you, though, then thank you to this other Nelson, since that's a common name. Patreon.com slash Talking Giants. That's where my friend Nelson went uh, for $2 a month, plus some other tiers. You get to hang out with us live while we record the shows. Uh, twice a month, Bobby Skinner does some shirt raffles. Also, thank you to all of you. Uh, the Day Balls of Steel shirt is already our best-selling shirt on the store. It's been out for like a week, so Ever. that's awesome. Um, you know, even better than Media Some Clowns, Eli's shirt, everything like that. And then, uh, what's the other perk? Bobby Skinner send you, sends you some stickers and magnets in the mail. Thanks to our patrons. All right, take it away, Steve. Mail time. Mail time. The mail's here. Come on. Thanks, Steve from Blues Clues. Justin, let's get into the mail. The Funk at Junior underscore Giants asked, Are you surprised to see Wink adjusting his scheme by week? So, I thought that that was a misconception just from, you know, generally looking at Wink Martindale from around the league. Like, we talked with Ken Mucusic of Film Study Ravens, and he's like, no, he changes from week to week. Like, he truly does. Like, you know, we're going to miss Wink Martindale. Um, and I saw some Ravens fans were, like, finding some of my tweets being like, I miss Wink Martindale after they blew that lead to the Dolphins. Um, so I'm not surprised that uh, he's changing week to week. But I did think our corners would get picked on a little more. You know, with Aaron Robinson and Darnay Holmes, uh, you know, Fabian Moreau, Cordell Fly, I thought they'd get picked on a little more. But I want to just show you some stuff. I chart defensive, like, tendencies in-game. You know, uh, last in week one, he stacked the box a ton. Uh, this week, ran cover one the most, which, you know, man coverage, essentially. Um, he lives out of cover one, cover three. That's the basis of his defense. But he ran cover four this game out of too high shell more times uh, than he did cover three. 
Like that, I was very surprised to see that. Now, it wasn't always out of too high. You know, sometimes they would, you know, uh, rotate the safety back at the snap, but did that. You know, there really hasn't been any cover zero blitzes, which means you're just, everyone's in man coverage. We're sending one more player than they have blocks. They've shown a ton of cover zero looks, but they haven't ran really any cover zero blitzes, which is something where, like, they're going to run. Wink's just going to throw cover zero, cover zero, cover zero, and just put his corners on out. They haven't done that. You know, moving Xavier McKinney around, which we have a question about McKinney that we'll talk about um at halftime you know they stacked the box all week one at halftime of this game that they stacked the box uh and and played in light boxes half you know half and half as the game went along they stacked the box more but it was more passing situations just putting more people for the offensive line to account for and less about stopping the run using like cover one 12 times in this game cover two two times cover three nine times cover four ten times uh there's some plays where there's no safeties deep and everybody's towards the line of scrimmage uh you know running some different you know fire zones cover six like running all different types of stuff and just if if you go back and watch just mostly the first half of that game versus baker mayfield and the panthers you're like what is like the only identity of this defense is giving on third down just putting people on the line of scrimmage to screw up the looks. But you'd be like, there's no really like bread and butter covered. Now, the Wink Martindale bread and butter is cover one, cover three. But I, I've been very impressed with Wink Martindale, the different types of looks that he's thrown on third down and then building off of those. Like, hey, we're showing this look early, uh, earlier in the game. Later in the game, we're going to throw, make it, uh, we're going to give you a different look out of the same formation. So uh, I've been very, it's been very fun to watch Wink Martindale's defense. Yeah, I think maybe to put a little bit more simpler than that, Bobby Skinner, because if you're like me, you know, you you lose me with cover one, cover three, fire this, fire that. Um, We heard this offseason that Wink Martindale is going to run a defense that he is going to try and dictate the pace of the game, and he's going to try and dictate what an offense has to do versus how NFL defenses, a lot of NFL defenses are are operating in today's game. And this was kind of Patrick Graham's defense, especially in, in 2021, which was... The offense is going to dictate the pace of the game, and we're going to adjust based off of that. We're going to allow the underneath stuff, and we're going to prevent yards after catch and, and, and things like that. So I will say the Giants have been lucky in some ways, and I put lucky in parentheses because I, I think you kind of make your own luck in this regard. Wink Martindale showing these fronts confuses quarterbacks. But at the end of the day, I think Baker Mayfield had a terrible game. His completion percentage was like 48 his CPOE was terrible. Ryan Tannehill, not as bad of a CPOE, but still in the negatives, um, which was both both quarterbacks worse CPOE than Daniel Jones, by the way. And we've said that Daniel Jones hasn't been that awesome. And also the Giants have the Giants defense in an area which they've been somewhat lucky in. But again, I think they've made their own luck. Third downs that they've faced or their opposing offenses have faced in between one to four yards Teams are 5 for 19, which is 35%. Now, that's awesome. The Giants' defense is getting off the field. But that is a lot of third downs that are faced between 1 to 4 yards. Let's compare it to 5 to 9 yards. 3 for 9. 10 plus yards, 0 for 3. So you kind of want third downs, more third downs that are faced, you know, 3rd and 5 plus. There's been a lot of teams that have gotten themselves into 3rd and manageables. But credit to the Giants' defense, they've shut that shit down. Yeah, so they they've they've been awesome on third down, and you know I I remember a game adjustment he made. Remember versus the Titans, they would run play action. The crosses were open versus like that cover three, you know base coverage that Wink Martindale likes to get to. Like there's a di- there's a different they run cover three as a base, but there's a lot of different ways to do it. Whether it's rotating, there's just a lot of different ways to do it. Sorry, Aaron just just took a hack, and I thought it was sixty. Um, <laughs> So in this game, when the teams ran the play action and then the crossing routes, which, hey, the Giants got killed on that in week one. The corner, instead of just playing his own, what's up, police, turned that into man coverage and chased them into it instead of giving those easy chunk plays there. So that's just like a week-to-week adjustment that Wink Martindale um, did. You know, and we talked about the, you know, the seams on some of those nickel blitzes. Well, later in the game... Darnay Holmes is showing that nickel blitz, and the the Baker's like, I gotta get to that seam. I gotta get to that seam. Guess what? You know, O'Shane Zimenez and Darnay both drop out, so now yeah. that seam is covered. So he's just making a lot of in-game adjustments, and it's it's partly why going back past the Graham, because I, I, people are slandering Graham. Like Graham did an awesome job with the personnel yes. he had. Yeah, he did. You know, I don't want I don't want to slander Patrick Graham. Yeah, but Wink Martindale having a great start to the year on defense. 
should not be a referendum on Patrick Graham. Patrick Graham, I think also last year, think of all the freaking quarterbacks, good quarterbacks that we played last year too. In the first two weeks, we've played Ryan Tannehill, who got benched um, on Monday Night Football, and then Baker Mayfield, who was terrible with Ben McAdoo as his offense coordinator. So, Right, but I will say it's on James Betcher. Because I, I, that pissed me off, though. Oh, James Betcher's defense is too oh, yeah. confusing to run. Talk, talk about somebody up. who, talk about somebody who didn't want with to that adjust. Crap. Yeah, so I'm been very impressed with Wink Martindale. Next question. Next Aaron question. Judge struck out. Sorry, Aaron Judge. Nikki Snacks, uh, friend of the pod. Um, I am shocked that he actually asked a legitimate question. Me too. I was makes ex- it on the I show. I saw it, and I was like, what do you, you know... Anyways, I thought it was going to be something like just cussing somebody out, but it was actually a really good question. Like this should, question would have been put in regardless. Should Daniel Jones be head be uh, punted um, off the top of MetLife Stadium? That's what I thought was coming. From what you guys see in watching games back, how well has Xavier McKinney played? Feel like I haven't heard a lot about him. Not saying that's a bad thing, but curious to know. So McKinney's been balling, but what I will say is remember when we did our over-unders and we had – Xavier McKinney at three and a half interceptions, and we said under. Is that because we thought Xavier McKinney was going to regress as a player? No, but he's going to have more responsibility in a different role in this defense. Where in Patrick Graham, they ran, you know, cover four and cover three out of two high coverage. So they would rotate one safety down if they're running cover three and then keep both those safeties high if they're running cover four. McKinney was always the deep safety. And it was a lot of reading, reacting, reading route combinations, and being the guy that jumps a route and makes a play. And this defense, and more so the first two weeks, you know, you face Christian McCaffrey. Like, versus Christian McCaffrey, he was just like, hey, you are relying, we are relying on you to stop Christian McCaffrey. And he only gave up two catches versus Christian McCaffrey. The other two, one came on Tony Jefferson, and then the other one was a, a screen, I believe. So he locked up Chris McCaffrey. He had two batted passes. You know, he's had, I think, four pressures in the first two games. So he's playing a different role. And when he was playing deep, more so in week one, it was a lot of helping over the top and stuff and, and stopping the QB from throwing at him. So with the way the Giants personnel is set up this year, defenses are going to avoid Xavier McKinney when he's playing deep. And he, he's going to make he's going to make plays in the end the pass game. You know, it'll change depending on personnel. And McKinney's role is going to change week to week, but he's playing very well, well, but it's just a different role. That's not going to give you the stat production that you, you know, we saw from Xavier McKinney last season. Total of six blitzes he's been sent on this season. Uh, That is tied with the team high with Darnay Holmes. The most that he had in his career in 2020 was seven. So I can imagine by this time next week, he is going to break that. Uh, He already has a career-high two pressures, according to Pro Football uh, Reference, and he has a career-high two QB hurries through two games as well. So really, I think the main difference with Xavier McKinney this year compared to last year, we see him on the screen more. Like, one of the really one of the rare times that we would see him on the screen last year, Bobby, was when he was playing a deep safety, is when he had a pass deflection. Or when he had an interception. Like, those are the major times that we would see Xavier McKinney on the screen. But now, you know, he had 18 snaps across the D-line and then 14 snaps, like, in the box. So that's a total of 32 snaps that are in the box from this past weekend. Those were more snaps that he had in the box than he did as a free safety. So I think we're seeing him a lot more. So therefore, I think Giants fans are kind of appreciating that, hey, he is doing more because we're seeing him on the broadcast every Sunday. Yeah, and it's going to change week to week. Yes. I, I, I suspect when we play Green Bay, we're going to see him play free safety a lot more. Um, and, and hopefully probably some more two linebacker sets because they are committed to their run game and their run game is good in Green Bay, but you don't want Aaron Rodgers killing you at the top. So he's, his role is going to change week to week, but you're not going to get the same stat production out of him, but he's he's like he's really good. He's still really good. It's yep. just a different role for him. Where it's more of, of it's more of a role of, of him being avoided than him being the playmaker. And again, he even had two batted passes in this game as well. Sure yeah, had a both- sack, but he wanted to bat the pass too. Yeah, remember remember how I said that uh, the safeties and the corners and the, the giant secondaries could have more sacks than in the interior linebackers this past offseason? You were like, oh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Well, we haven't seen Kayvon and Aziz yet. And by the no, way, they well, haven't. Yet. I don't count. I don't count linebackers. I'm saying interior linebackers. Well, Blake Martinez is gone. Oh, tough. Oh, now you see. Now you're making excuses for why you were wrong. 
You ready for the next question? Next question. Next at Saquon Barkley, 26, not the one you're thinking. How'd you get that user? Can we get some insight into the Galladay situation? Potential suitors, whether he works back, how the Giants can handle the cap, etc. So, obviously, he's he's here for the season. Uh, it would have to be disastrous for them to because they they lose cap space if they cut him, and nobody's gonna. There's no one's no one in the NFL is going to trade for him. Like that's just not going to happen. Um, like I don't think you could even package a pick. Actually, maybe you could, but I don't want to package a pick uh, to trade trade Kenny Galladay. So, but this is a very different situation than the Tony thing from week one, where with Tony, there was some behind the scenes stuff and annoyance. You know, the reason Kenny Kadarius Tony didn't only played seven plays week one wasn't just because uh, he doesn't know the playbook. Because guess what? He played 25 plays last week and, and they were like receiving plays where week one, he was like using two special packages and like a diversion motion and blocking and, and ran like two routes. You know, he didn't learn, you know, the playbook in three days. There was some stuff behind the scenes um, there. But they know Tony, like, he's it's undeniable what he can add to a team. Galladay, man, it's just they don't like him as a player. Like, it's it's kind of as simple as that. Um, and he just doesn't have, like, the explosion off the line of scrimmage. And it's noticeable, even more so than last year. Like, you know, I know he had that procedure in the offseason. But it's noticeable, like, he just doesn't get off the line. He didn't play. He only played two plays in this game. So, I'm not talking about this game. But from week one. He just looks slower, and he never was the fastest guy in the world, and he doesn't have the best route running, so you put those two together, and, you know, this isn't really the offense for, you know, throw contested balls uh, right now. You know, you haven't seen those situations yet, like back shoulders or anything. Um, I just think they they don't think he's a good fit. I think, but but here's the thing, is... We can all be fantasy land and being like, yeah, you got to earn your playing time. I don't care what your contract is. There's no way Kenny Galladay can, is just going to be that this will just go away quietly and he's just going to be benched. Like there has to be some type of something has to give in this. Yeah, I I agree. Um, I I just, I just don't know. I mean, uh, we've never, as you know, since we've been quote unquote covering the Giants, there's never been a coaching staff to approach any positional group like this. Any, I mean, we we can maybe debate. Oh, why is Antoine Bethay playing? Blah blah blah. Why is, you know, why is uh, why is O'Shane Zimenez playing over you know Quincy Roche? Blah. But we can debate that. There is nothing, nothing that touches the predicament that is happening right now in the Giants' wide receiver room with Tony, who's one situation, and then Galladay, which is an entirely, completely different situation. Um, you know, and, and I, this is what I will say. We don't really have a David Sills question in here, but I do want to. I want to give him props. You know, he's getting open. I mean, I don't think David Sills is fantastic. And if anything, I think we've slandered him on the show. We've kind of dismissed him. But I think we have a scheme that schemes guys open. And I don't even know at this point if Galladay is quick enough, fast enough, agile enough, whatever, to even be schemed open. Where these David Sills, I don't think he's going to moss anybody. I don't think he's going to really kill anybody with his route running. But it's been shown between week one where Daniel Jones didn't see him a couple times and then week two where he had the only 20-plus yard play of the game, he's at least being schemed open. Um, so that's so that's that, man. I don't know. The thing is, is with... the, the But the schemed open stuff with Sills is stuff that, like, Galladay can run a drag still. You know, like he got a catch like that. Uh, like So t- David Sills had three catches. One was a drag that... He could have got a first down and ran backwards and didn't get the first down. Like, right. like let's let's just turn the tables. So let's say Kenny Galladay does that. The fan base is murdering him that for that for two yeah. days. Um, he also had uh, another drag made a you know good good play. And then the the deep play was they were f- showing a dagger look, which means he's running a deep in, and they were building off it because teams have been playing it where you just stop and turn. So. He didn't really do anything special on that. Like, Kenny Galladay can do that stuff. But I will say, David Sills does have some more nuance in his route running than what we've seen from Kenny Galladay in the last year and two games. So, um, 
I'm not like so like I'm not mad that Gal- like I, I would be mad if they just continue to not play Tony. I'm not mad if Galladay's not out there, even though I do still think he's a better wide receiver than David Sills. Like I like I I know everyone hates Kenny Galladay, and I'm not happy with him either. But he is better than David Sills to me. Yeah, but he's not like you know. I don't know if he's changing the game for the Giants, where Tony can change the game for the Giants. You know, when he was, he got, they had that penalty called back. He was missed wide open a couple of times by Daniel Jones. Like, I know he only had two catches for zero yards and a drop, but Tony could have had a much bigger impact if Daniel Jones played better. Go back in time to September 21st, 2021, and say 365 days from now, we're having a Kenny Galladay versus David Sills depth chart conversation. No, I don't want to. Um, <laughs> so, it's I, and again, so like I no, uh, but to to finish off the point is like I'm not, I'm not like disappointed that Kenny Gall. Well, I am because he's, oh, I'm extremely he disappointed. He, but what I'm saying is like I'm not being like wise into coaching staff not playing him. Correct. But I will make the point that something's got to give though. Like you can't like he may play humble and and put his head down for a week, maybe two weeks more. You continue to do what you did last week, and he's not going to be happy, and there's going to be issues. And I partly don't even blame him for that. Um, so it's, uh, I, I'm just, it's just going to be fascinating to see what happens. Yeah, like I'm, I'm not clamoring from the play. It's just going to be fascinating to see what happens with him. You know how um, baseball they do phantom IL trips, like oh, this player has. Oh yeah, an ingrown, an ingrown, uh, you know, a, a, a splinter or whatever. Let's put him on the IL for 15 days. Um, maybe they can get away with doing that with Kenny Galladay. Maybe Galladay should go to therapy. Maybe <laughs> you are so good. We are so good. Had it pulled up. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Mental health is important. Get it in line. BetterHelp is going to help you balance your life better. More athletes are speaking about about the importance of mental health, but you don't have to be a pro to want to be at the top of your game. Everyone needs to take care of their mental well-being, whether you're an athlete or whether you're not. Therapy is the best way to stay in peak mental shape. We always talk about physical shape. You got to go out and run. You got to go out and do this. Well, I think taking care of the brain is just as important as taking care of of the heart. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and switch therapists anytime. That's one of the things that I like about BetterHelp. When you're ready to feel at the top of your mental health game, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash talking giants today to get 10% off your first month. That's better H-E-L-P dot com slash Talking Giants. You'll be glad you did. You'll be glad you did. Next question. Next question is coming from Doug, who has a very complicated handle. Not talking about it. Doug? Say it. Okay. At lowercase O, capital O, Lowercase M G capital. You don't e. need the upper or lowercase. You could just say the letters. Oh, I I feel like that's necessary though. Capital E, lowercase U, capital B, Q Z J V seven, O capital K capital N. Doug likes right. stats and analytics, and we talk about them sometimes. What happened to Jones's pocket presence and manipulation? It was good last so, year. Is that part of the new system? Learning so, a new system. Some will say, like, well, he's never had good pocket manipulation. But he did improve in his pocket manipulation last year. Like, once Andrew Thomas was good, he did. Like, he had the eighth best pressure to sack rate in the NFL. He wasn't creating sacks. Um, So, it's it's hard to say exactly. You know, uh, the last two years, it's obviously been a different offense. And there's been an exact opposite of mindset with offense. You know, the the last two years. Where this this offense is, there's longer developing stuff. There's guys working off each other, and you kind of got to hang in there a little bit and make the throws. And it's different than Shermer, where Jones was had bad pocket manipulation, but a willingness to stand in there and throw. But I will say the, the difference of that was with Shermer, it was more some half-read throws, and it wasn't as like long-developing, read this safety, do this stuff. It's kind of more like read a couple players and pull the trigger on a deep throw, even if it's, even if it's a tight window type thing. And that rookie year... His pressure was coming from the edges. 
you know, like uh, their tackle, their tackle pressures gave up 105 between the three guys on the inside that year. They gave up 80 in 2019. So, you know, they weren't like full field, long developing plays where this is, that's what this offense is, but it's hard to say, man. Like I, I, it's, he, I've never seen him look in the pocket like that. I've never seen him look like just, just skittish in the pocket. And there's times where he can manipulate the pocket and reset his feet. And he's just scrambling. Like his, it's just like, hey, it's not there. I'm going to scramble. And I've never seen him be like that before. Never. Uh, he didn't. I don't. I don't think he scrambled very much his first few years in the NFL. No, um, he's already. Know, to- uh, he already has eight. The most that he scrambled in his NFL career is 27 in 12 games started. So, you know, if you multiply this by Bobby, let's that's do 48. Math. So yeah, that'd be 48 on a 12 game pace. That's more than 20. It's more than 20 than what his previous best, you know, his highest was as in, in his entire career. So, yeah, man. Um, e- even the efficiency is down too on those scrambles too. You know, the whole, uh, the most I was listening to Warren Sharp on NYG Weekly, and gross. You know, uh, yeah, gross. But here, I'll Warren do, I'll, Sharp. Not, I like NYG Weekly. Warren Sharp, gross. Oh, uh, Warren Sharp, gross. Yeah, I'm gonna say gross too because he hasn't. They haven't updated their website that I rely on every single week for like. Well, past you can't the find run. any free labor. I'll do it. Pass the run ratio and everything like that. But anyway, um, you know, the play that he said is the most efficient in the National Football League is when a quarterback is dropping back to pass and then when they scramble. Because odds are, like, usually how often is it a 10-plus yard play? Daniel Jones, throughout his entire career, is yards per scramble every single year is 8.4, 7.9, 6.4. This year it's down to 4.9. 4.9 yards per scramble on eight scrambles so far this year. So um, maybe do they count those when you take that bootleg on fourth and one? I mean, no. that's no, they don't design. They don't count that. Okay. No. Then that's uh then that's, then that's not good. I think Daniel Jones is creating a lot of sacks. Um, people have pointed to the time to throw stat as like, Hey, the offensive line is, is good. And I think there's nuance to that stat. Um, I think this scheme calls for holding on to the ball for long, for letting stuff develop down the field. Um, I do think the offensive line has been bad at times, worse week one than they were week two. Um, so Daniel Jones is therefore rolling to his right. I don't like Daniel Jones when he is rolling out outside the pocket and being asked to throw on the run on a consistent basis. And I'm even looking at you know a chart right now um, by smart people that, that use the computer program are um, – that's looking at quarterback sacks prevented. And Daniel Jones is at the bottom, you know, somewhat close to Joe Burrow, who has created a ton of sacks this year. So not a great, not a great formula right now with Daniel Jones. Uh, do you think here, let me even just throw this back on you so we can maybe transition. Do you think part of it is that Jason Garrett for two years had it in the system of get rid of the ball, get rid of the ball, get rid of the ball. And now this is a system that's like, stay in the pocket, stay in the pocket, stay in the pocket. So what? Yes. what's the... Does that have an impact? Yeah, it does. I mean, you have, you have two years of one thing being, you know, trained into your head. And, and Daniel Jones is also like a very coachable player, you know, where he's not going to just rebel against what happened the last two years. Um, I definitely think that's part of it. But at the same time, it doesn't matter. Like his contract is expiring. Like Daniel Jones really doesn't have time to like, no. you know, if, if so if like he had these first two games and this was year two, I wouldn't be panicking. Or not panicking is the wrong word. I wouldn't be like stressed being like he's done. But it's his last year on his contract. So he's got to look better. Now, part of that part, that time to throw stat, I think, like, because I thought saw getting shared around, being like, oh, the O line gave him time to throw. That is just t- like the ball snapped when you're throwing the average. So all those plays where Jones is running around and stuff, that gets added to it. Yeah. Um, so his pocket it, it, time. Uh... The first week, his time in the pocket was like in the ones. So this, this this is way too short of a sample size. This is why I don't really like fully looking at these next-gen stats yet unless you break it down by a week-by-week basis. When you're looking at time to throw like over a season, over two weeks, and you're trying to make some sort of big point, um, you're not going to be making a whole lot of sense because since there's no sample size. Uh, but the pocket time so far this year is 2.7, um, and that is more than what the rest of his career has been. So, um, yeah, I mean, the pressure percentage, though, I mean, it's 42%. He's being pressured on 42% of his throws, but also that's impacting because he's holding on to the ball. So there's yeah. new ones here. 
I've just never seen him look like kind of skittish in the pocket like he does now. And even when there's clean pockets, it's like, what are you doing, man? Like, what's going on here? Um, you know, the, the myth throw that Daniel Bellinger, it's like, you have a three man rush, dude. Hang in here. What yeah. are you scrambling for? Like, what are you, what are you scrambling for? Like, what in God's green earth are you scrambling for? Um, it's the, so. it's the missed big plays that get me the most. That, I mean, that, that's really flat out. I mean, the efficiency is, you know, good when you if you if you were if you were a completion percentage guy, you know, and you like that he's completing seventy percent of his passes, cool. But the yards per attempt is really low. Uh, the passing efficiency is just as good, if not worse, than running the ball, which that's not that should not happen in the NFL. They have the thirty first ranked passing offense in the NFL right now. It's not good. Only it's worse not, is the Bears, and he's thrown the ball like twenty times the whole year. You know, week one was an exception. They got that sixty-plus yard play, and it's like cool. It results in a touchdown. That's what you want. Uh, but you're not going to do that every game. And it's sad that Daniel Jones this past week could have had some twenty, thirty, forty-plus yard plays that maybe resulted in touchdowns, but just missing Kadarius Tony. Um, he missed the Daniel Bellinger touchdown. Luckily, Mike Kafka and Brian Dable schemed up something really good the next play that resulted in a touchdown. But, um. That's the biggest thing for me. You are just flat out missing. You're leaving big plays on the table. Yeah, it's been um, it's been tough to watch these first two weeks. Yeah. Um, so uh, let me let me look at one thing. See if I can find a, a number. What are you thinking? I mean, they've got the fourth least you know first downs produced by by passing so far in the NFL. Yeah. Um. You know, and is. They, They're not and, throwing and then, past the sticks. Yeah. And there's routes pass. And again, this pass game, you know, with the Daniel Jones conversation, because it's, you know how it is. It's like there's a lot of people who are just like, hey, he's the quarterback. I'm going to love him. And we're winning. So, like, hey, winning fixes all things. And winning can fix all things because these two games will be forgotten if he continues to play well. If he starts to play well after this, you know, you won't be remembering, oh, he well, he wasn't very good in the games that we won. Like, that's just the way, that's just the way the world works. And then there's also like the, Give me, C- you know, I love CJ Stroud accounts and stuff like that. But I've always been somebody in the past two years, on, especially on my film reviews, I have challenged people and I've said, where are the throws that he's supposed to be making in this offense? Where are the throws be supposed to be making in this offense? Tell me where they are, you know, and stop, you know, don't give me a, a screenshot no of screenshots. a play that's not part of the, you know, it's part, it's not part of the progression. It's a backside route. Like, don't like, I, that crap drove me nuts. So I, you know me, I, I'll be always be fair with Daniel Jones because obviously there's been times where he got criticism that he doesn't deserve but these first two games he absolutely deserves it and I put together it on the film review and there's things I left off too that were like hey other QBs make this throw and I'm not talking about just Josh Allen and and Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes okay we don't got to compare everybody to those three guys but he left he left plays on the field that determined him having a good game to when now we're talking about the 31st ranking offense and 31st ranked yeah. offense in the NFL. Four throws can make the difference of that. And they were four chunk there, four points left on the board and then other plays. So, yeah, hopefully it's just two weeks in, you know, you're still new to a complicated system, blah, 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 blah. All the excuses that everybody which, says, which is fair. It is. It, it is. That, fair. That's a, that's a fair talking point. But he doesn't but have that time though. He yes, doesn't have exactly. that time. He does not have the time for that to happen. So, you know, if Daniel Jones has a really good finish to the season with five games, but he plays, what's uh, here, Justin, math, 17 minus five is 12, but he plays 12 mid to bad games, then I'm not saying the Giants should no. bring back Daniel Jones. I'm not. Nope. I need to see it on a 17-game basis. And two games in, haven't seen it. Glad we're 2-0. and Glad he hasn't had that, you know, really dis- – I mean, he did have two disastrous throws. One of them was dropped by Carolina. The other one was an interception week one. Anyway – um, hope you turn it around, Daniel Jones. Shane at Shane underscore underscore bald man. Do you think Holmes Baldman, but anyway. I, I I bald man. Baldman. Do you think Holmes gets benched for Robinson or Flot in the near future, especially if he struggles this week? I'm interested to hear your perspective on Cordell Flot. I think so, man. Like I t- I shared like those coverages at the beginning of the show. Anytime they're running man, Darnay Holmes doesn't look good, which is what we feared with Darnay. And they're not running man coverage a ton, but anytime they run man, he like he is the guy that looks the worst on that play. And, and that's against Shy Smith and Kyle Phillips. Yeah, you know, 
and and it's happening on third Lynn downs this week. when it's when they're on when they're I think I, I would like to see a Dory follow CD um, CD's nuts um especially on third down you know he had a couple I'm not counting that pass interference but week one he had the holding penalties he's like Shy Smith saved him on on a uh, a couple of drops there's he um. He has struggled, man. So, Flott didn't look good at outside. He wasn't, like, god-awful, get picked on. They started to pick on him in that drive, and they benched him. But also, slot corner is easier to play for Cordell Flott. So, I can I can 100% see Cordell. Like, they didn't draft Cordell Flott for no reason. And the fact that they were willing to give him the starters reps in week two on the outside shows that they want to play this guy. So, I would not be I would not be surprised when Aaron Robinson's back that we see Cordell Flott starting in the slot. Yeah, Pro Football Reference didn't put Cordell Flott on the hook for the touchdown, which I don't fully get. Um, PFF did, so I'm going to go with them. Uh, Cordell Flott was targeted uh, three times. He allowed one catch for a touchdown 16 yards this past Sunday. There was one target that resulted in an incompletion on the left sideline that I would like to see him turn his head and play the ball. Um, it was good coverage, not a great throw by Baker. You know, Maybe could have been a catch by the receiver. Uh, but that's that's the main thing with Cordell Flott. I, I want to when you're targeted, and Darnay Holmes doesn't really do this that well either. There was a there was a play week one where Darnay Holmes could easily stick his arm out um, on like a crosser over the middle of the field and tip a ball. You know, maybe even come down with an interception. Um, so I I, I got to see these guys turn their head and play the ball. But I I just feel better, a little bit more confident with Cordell Flott out there than Darnay Holmes. And it's not because Darnay Holmes is a bad player, but I just think Cordell Flott fits it a lot better. Yeah, and he's the young. Like they drafted him for a reason. They you should know, they, split. I they I want them to split reps. I don't think it should be one or the other. Yeah, certain yeah, situations. Yeah, you, you if you want to play man, if you want to play more man, put Cordell Flott out there. If you want to play a little bit more zone, a little bit more soft, put Darnay Holmes out there. Yeah, that's fair. Um. Also, the NFL action is in full swing here in DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sure. sports betting partner of the NFL. Yeah, we're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger win. New cu- wins. New customers can bet just five dollars, not dull hairs, dollars on any NFL team to win and get two hundred dollars in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to one hundred percent. With payouts bigger than ever, why bet on football anywhere else? To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game, uh, once per game day, all season long. That's the whole dang season, boys and girls. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code JOHNBOY to get $200 in free bets. If your team wins, you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code JOHNBOY only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. You'll be glad you did. Next question. Bobby, I love this mailbag show so far, but we have a ton of questions left, so let's uh, hustle it up a little bit. West Locke at Wesley Westigles. Do you think the defense struggles when Aziz and Kayvon come back? They would cut in Jihad, They would cut into Jihad Ward and O'Shane Zimenez's reps. Both are playing well this season. Here's no. a, a little a little fear that I that I have, and it's like this is a back brain fear, not a front brain beer. Beer, beer, sure. Wink Martindale get a little bit more stubborn when he has the edge rushers that can maybe, okay, you guys just do what you do. I want him to continue to adjusting every week, you know, dictating, you know, dictating the game and playing the game on his own terms. I don't think it's a front brain fear, but it's a back brain fear. So the answer is no, because they're still not getting any pass rush production from the edge. Like Jihad Ward has been like a zero in pass and pass rush, a zero. So when they're rushing four, like they don't have to, like you know they've they put Leonard Williams at the edge a bunch, and we, we got to talk about Leonard with his injury in, in a second. Um, and as much as like O'Shane's, you know, like we got like all the apologize to O'Shane Zimenez uh, comments, and I would love to, but I, I hate to say it, like he had this like the sack was created by Leonard Williams. It was a it was a good play by O'Shane. I don't want to discredit that. The other plays that people remember him being made was like he was just kind of in the right place at the right time on a screen play. And then a QB like like he's been doing his job, but he had like he hasn't made like wow like like he's playing amazing. I'm like I, I don't I don't like I just, I just don't think so. You know like he hasn't been like uh, great versus the run, 
and and pass rush like he's not winning reps you know like a lot of times it's been funneling it towards him but you just kind of see him towards the end of plays at times and it's like okay well he's playing great and i really like i know because i i so because we went so hard at O'Shane, like I don't want to come off as like, oh, you're just being stubborn because of you know what you said about him, but it's 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 just true, you know, and so I, no, I, but my thing is is Jahad Ward's still going to play because Jahad Ward is very good versus the run, um, but you, they're not getting any pass rush production from their edge players facing <laughs> offensive tackles. They're not getting any. Um, and Jihad War's still going to play. I mean, J- Timon Fox has played 47 snaps the first two weeks of this season. So there's going to be reps for Jihad Ward. And, you know, there's times where Wink Martindale's running three outside linebackers a lot. So there's yeah, definitely... they're going to put Jihad Ward in the A-gap a lot. And more so, we'll talk about Leonard Williams in a second. With Leonard Williams out, they're going to probably run some more of those three outside linebacker sets. So there'll be plenty of time for him. And I just, like... It's been cool to see Ocean Zimmon as not being an issue the first two weeks, but he's not also not like a, a big difference maker either. Yeah. Um, you know. All right. So let's actually talk about um, Letter Williams. Joey Mooney, Joey Mooney, nine. Does getting our two best edge rushers in Aziz and Kayvon back outweigh the loss of Leonard Williams up the middle? So Leonard Williams got had an MC, uh, MC, MCL sprain, according to Ian Rappaport. Uh, the same injury that Kayvon Thibodeau had. Now those aren't always the same, but it is. It's just you know, it's like they both had MCL sprains. Uh, they've made it seem like he's going to miss games. Um, so he'll miss, miss games for the first time in his NFL career, and, and that's a that's a big loss. I go back and forth on this because the interior pressure has been so huge for the New York Giants. Like that's been the un, the unsung hero of. The defense so far is like we're talking about McKinney on McCaffrey, you know, O'Shane playing better. Jahad Ward's been good versus the run. We're, you know, Wink Martindale's throwing these blitzes, all these different looks. The game changer has been, you know, the underrated like game changer has been Dexter Lawrence in both games and Leonard Williams really uh, a lot in this last game have been getting great. Pr- like they've been awesome on the inside. Like they've been really good. It sucks that they don't have the box score stats to back it up, but both those guys have been really good and in the run game. Like we cannot discount how good those guys are in the run, eating up double teams and then being able to shed those blocks and make tackles. So um, it depends what we get out of Kayvon, really. Like do we get, you know, rookie struggles Kayvon or are we like, oh, like, are we like just pumped about him at every ga- after every game? If we're pumped about Kayvon after every game, I'll say – that him and Aziz being back outweighs it. If Kayvon's having rookie issue, rookie struggles, then I'm going to say Leonard Williams is a bigger loss. Yeah, Bobby. Um, I'm on a, I'm on, I'm on somewhat of a little bit of a comeback tour of stopping the run is important in the NFL. Um, you know, shocker, shocker, Justin. Why, why, why are you saying this? I think particularly for this defense. It's it's important. I I, th- I think it is. So you, you've seen the first two weeks, by the way, you've seen the first two weeks, especially this past week. The Panthers really ran a lot of outside the tackle. They have really been avoiding up the middle, up the A gap, up the B gap. They've been teams have been avoiding that. And I don't blame them. Test the speed of our linebackers, test our edge rushers to set a good edge. And those guys, you know, even secondary players coming up and making plays, safeties, DBs. And, you know, I, I saw Flock came up a couple times and you know made some plays. Dory Jackson has come up and made some plays in the running game this past week. But without Leonard Williams, that job of, you know, hey, can we run up the middle on the Giants? It gets a lot easier. So that is where I get more concerned about anything. I mean, Leonard Williams does not have a QB hit, um, I don't think. And he has three pressures this year. Um, it's Dexter Lawrence who has four pressures and three QB hits. Um, and then three QB hits is tied with the team lead with O'Shane Zimenez with three. Um, so Dexter Lawrence has been the main beneficiary of getting back to the quarterback this year. So I'm more concerned about the running game and teams being able to, you know, not only feel like that they can test outside, but also run up the middle since the first two weeks, Tennessee or Carolina didn't do it a ton. Yeah, and Dexter Lawrence has been great, but there's a, a severe drop off from Leonard Williams to Nick Williams. You know, you talk about Dexter Lawrence leading with four QB hits and O'Shane having three. Well, one was O'Shane coming up from coverage. Uh, the other one was Dexter Lawrence for you know funneling Baker Mayfield into O'Shane Zimenez, and the other one was versus the Titans um, when he had the uh, the the win versus a tight end. So yeah, it's it's a huge drop off in Nick Williams. So I worry about the run game. 
a little bit. But if but if we're happy with if we're happy with Kayvon after every game, like like fans are excited about him, then I think that makes uh, a bigger difference. Because and also Aziz Ojolari improving on what he was last year. Yeah, I mean, even think about our next two opponents, or no, our next three, four opponents. They like to run the ball. All of them like to run the ball. I think Dallas doesn't have a choice because they have Zeke and Pollard and they have Cooper Rush. Uh, Chicago the, is like the Bears, just David neglecting Montgomery. Justin Fields. They're they're doing they're doing some cool things in the running game with David Montgomery and they got uh, Jenkins at guard now. Tevin Jenkins at guard and they're they're doing some fun things with him. Uh, the Packers with AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones and then obviously you got Lamar Jackson who is the offense. So Leonard Williams losing him, I, I for these next few weeks I don't care if Leonard Williams was gonna. Put up, put up a lot of pass rush productivity. Um, he was important to stop in the run. All right, next question. Next question. Sorry, I was looking at stats on Pro Football Reference. Jeff G at Greck 15 After reviewing the online play over the first two weeks, what are, if any, possible solutions to negate the inside pressure from the guards? Or are we just screwed and we got to live with it? <sighs> Partly. So here's one way. Start Ben Bredesen over Josh Azudu. Yeah, stop playing Josh Azudu. Ben Bredesen looked pretty, like, fairly good for what the expectations are of Ben Bredesen. Like, I was pleasantly surprised by Ben Bredesen. So that would be one thing, is play Ben Bredesen over Josh Azudu. Now, Ben Bredesen can get worked this week at the same time. uh, But I do think he's a better player than Josh Azudu right now. Like, there's just football, like, just tech basic technique stuff that Ben Bredesen is miles better than Azudu at, even though Azudu is a much superior athlete than him. Uh, I don't know how much you're going to help Feliciano. Like, he's a negative. Uh, and Glowinski struggled. Now, here's something that they could do, but then it puts Evan Neal at a disadvantage. Go look at the O-lines, their, their splits between, like, just the space between center and guard, you know, left guard and left tackle. You'll notice the left tackle, uh, Thomas and the left guard are very, like, t- like small splits. On the right side, they're much wider. Why is that? I believe it's because Andrew Thomas, like, he can hold his own. He's not going to get pushed back into the QB. Neil is still, play, like, having, like, a, a good amount of rookie struggles. Like, he hasn't been a train wreck, but he hasn't been good either. And having those wider splits helps him. You know, when he loses a rep initially, it allows him to recover without it being a sack or being pushed into the QB's lap and forcing Daniel Jones to you know, uh, get outside, get out of the pocket. But that puts Mark Lewinsky at a a disadvantage because now teams, he has a weak shoulder and teams are attacking it. You know, Matt Ioannidis just went with that meat hook on him all day. And he looked, Mark Lewinsky looked like, like the worst pass blocking offensive lineman on the team. He was. So, um, so I, I, so let me ask you this. So I don't think at any point this year, it's going to be good, but you can do some things, but I I don't know if I want to, I I don't think I'm, I like, I'm more worried about Evan Neal letting guys around the corner and stuff. So I'm, I'm not reducing those splits. Yeah, and also, like I said, Daniel Jones has been running into sacks too, which I think have impacted the pressure rate. Um, and especially the first game, it was legit. Like for And then there's, you know. The first game, it was god-awful. The second game, it wasn't as bad. It wasn't yeah. good, but it wasn't horrible. Yeah, Daniel Jones can't run into these sacks. Um, you know, we, we, we touched on a little earlier. JN at Ranger... One one three five. You were talking about Mark Lewinsky. Is Mark Lewinsky Joe Shane's biggest mistake so far? He has not looked good at all. No, because I think, that, like, you get what you pay for. It's a three-year, eighteen million dollar deal. After you can cut him after year two and save, you know, almost six million cap with only a million, a million and a half of dead cap. Um, you get what you paid for. That's a small contract for a veteran guard. That's a very, that's a small contract. You didn't have the cap space, so, like. You know, he's going to let you run your run game. Like, he's athletic and stuff. Uh, he can hang with defensive linemen athletic-wise. You know, he's not going to just get totally, like, worked. Like, Mark Lewinsky is not going to have reps in the pass game. He'll have some here or there. For, for the most part, where it's just, like, ball snap, Mark Lewinsky just got whipped. And he's got – and the defensive tackle is running at the QB. But he will just lose the rep. It's not going to look like total disaster reps like we saw out of Azudu and even Bredesen in week one. But they won't be like just immediate losses, uh, you know. But he he struggles with power in the pass block game, and he's always been what he is. So, no, I, I don't think this has been an L for Joe Shane because 
this is what I always expected out of Mark Walensky. Um, now I don't, now I don't expect him to be as bad as he was in pass blocking, as he was in week two. Uh, if he's like that every week, then yes, it's an L. But no, it's, you get what you pay for. Yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd agree with that. And they had to that. get somebody here. They had to. Yeah, it's like what was the alternative? You know, like we'd have Ben Bredesen and Josh Azudu starting right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it was just something they had to do. So why don't you read an ad? Yeah, well, we got we got a fun little Daniel Jones <laughs> question from uh, Isaac Moretta. But before we get to it, we got to talk about Manscaped. Welcome to Fresh Ball Fall. It's the season of pumpkin spice and making sure your crotch looks nice. Mm, that means sipping cider in a fall breeze and using Manscaped products to trim your balls with ease. I've officially changed my mind, by the way. I, I initially thought that spring was my favorite season. Fall is my favorite season. I'm just loving the weather right now. I'm loving the vibes. I'm loving throwing my windows down. It, it it just feels right. It feels right to love fall. I also just love, I love high school football. And that's like, it's like a reminder that it's back. That's right. Today's show is brought to you by Manscaped, a company here to make sure that your foliage isn't the only thing shedding its excess leaves. Heck, even Mother Nature knows it's time to lose all that excess clutter for fall. Join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code GIANTS. I want you to get the Lawnmower 4.0 body trimmer and weed whacker nose and ear and hair trimmer. I recently just used the weed whacker up my nose. It worked perfect. I've been putting it off. Justin, oh, I don't need it. I don't need it. You don't need to put scissors up your nose. That's a weird sight. Love to see that. But nope. With that weed whacker, you go right up your nose. And then the lawnmower 4.0, it's the product that everybody knows, everybody loves. It's the main moneymaker. What I want you to do is go to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping with code GIANTS. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. When you use code GIANTS, Manscaped, clear out the leaves. It's your tree trunks time to shine. You'll be glad you did. Next question. Next question is coming from Isaac Moretta. Granted that they're implementing a new offense this year, do you guys think DJ is on any kind of a leash if they don't start putting up more points? 2-0 is amazing, but this offense isn't going to cut it against some of the more elite offenses. Bobby, I'm going to tell you something. I had a thought. Now, we're all reactionary game day, right? I had a thought sitting in section 315. We're in the third quarter. We haven't had a 20-plus yard play yet. I don't even think we had a 15-plus yard play. I I think that 15-yard Richie James catch in the third quarter was the first 15-plus yard play of the day. I had a thought when we didn't have when we had six points on the board because of two turnovers. I had a thought maybe they should do it. That's why I put this question in is because that's reactionary. It was reactionary. Taylor, that's what I'm saying is I I put this question in because my answer is no. Um, Daniel Jones is better than Tyrod Taylor, and we even got a little look of that in the preseason. Uh, you know, we when we we you know we did a little reality check um, in one of our training camp episodes on it. You know, if we can go back, I can't remember what episode it was, but if uh, maybe maybe if if you want if you want to hear that segment, DM me and I'll I'll send it to you. Um, so the only way is it'd be one just like a total total disaster like three interception games but i just think there's no point to this i would i think there's no point to it the only reason you would do it is like the coaching staff is just sick of daniel jones and maybe it's like a little locker room spark thing which i don't agree with doing that and it's just like okay we're moving on from daniel jones at the end of the year let's let's start the transition now and take him out but no i i i i like i said it would have to be like God, God off, and it was bad on Sunday for me to pull the trigger on that. So no, my answer is no. It crept into my brain, but it's it's reactionary. Like that was full on reactionary. Like this has been two weeks of the first half of the Giants' offense just not looking great. Um, I think halftime adjustments. That whole thing is a little overrated because they're making they're making adjustments on the bench every drive. I mean, if anything, sometimes you have more time to make adjustments on the bench than you do during halftime because by the time everybody takes a piss, by the time the coach is done hooting, hollering, and screaming, you actually have maybe four or five minutes to actually talk as a team and make whatever halftime adjustments. So yeah, halftime actually, adjustments are more uh, – they're not super real life. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, Tyrod, once you make that decision, you ain't going back. I feel like there's no going back from it. You know, once that's yeah, pulled. it's it's just you got to remember that Tyra Taylor's not a good quarterback, and then no. I know people say, well, neither is Daniel Jones, which is fair, but I do Daniel Jones is a better quarterback over the last four years than Tyra Taylor. And again, there's just to me, there's no point to it, and unless the coaching staff was just like, I do not want to do deal with this guy anymore. Let's start making the transition now. But you want to talk? Oh, also, let's think about this. Just remember this: you want to talk about the, you want to talk about a guy that takes sacks and gets a little overwhelmed by pressure. I give you Tyrod Taylor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of yeah, yeah, and 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 Tyrod Taylor gets inaccurate under pressure. Where Daniel Jones, if you give him one thing, is he's just a, he's accurate with the ball. Yeah. Like there's Daniel Jones isn't just missing dudes. Where Tyrod Taylor does do that. So. Yeah. All right, we got two All questions right. left, Bobby. Uh, Devin Burr at DTB1397. How do you think Jalen Smith? Ooh, coming back. How do you revenge think Jalen Smith? Second time week. the Giants have signed Jalen Smith the week of a Cowboys game. Mm, they're smart. They're playing chess, not checkers. How do you think Jalen Smith is going to fit in with the Giants' defense since he is more of a run linebacker since he can't cover? Is that true? It, it has been. I don't know what to expect out of Jalen Smith. Like, he just kind of plays fast and reckless. Is he so going like, to be activated? Could... We think he's going to be activated. The Giants get two practice squad elevations every game. I don't think so for this game. Tough. But maybe. But maybe. Because you think about it, you well, Tony Jefferson's probably going to be signed to the active roster this week. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's such a short week to act. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But I, I don't know what to expect out of him from this defense. He just kind of plays fast and reckless, which is fun at times. And other times, it's like you're totally out of place here. Um, you know, so uh, I could see there being like certain packages and stuff, like where you got to lining up in the A gaps and stuff. But I, I'm not really, I don't know what to expect out of Jalen Smith. At one like- time, he was one of my favorite. Pl- like 2019, that Monday Night Football game for the Cowboys, watching that film was like Jalen Smith is the best player on the field right now. He was insane at one point. It's uh, just some, and he just he- totally fell off with injuries. He had a f- he had a few different injuries too. Even even before he was like really really good, but then they continued to pile up. Yeah, he had um, that injury in the bowl game at Notre Dame. Um, and he just he's just been injury plagued. Part of me wants to see him over Austin Calitro, to be honest. <gasps> yeah, that's fair. But Austin Cleetro like just sucks. That's yeah. That's that's what I'm saying. So I like well, I'd it, like to see Micah McFadden more than t- Jalen Smith. I've yeah. seen Micah McFadden do some good things in limited opportunities. Yeah, yeah. I think they are going to run a little bit more heavy since Dallas is going to run a little bit more heavy. I think Dallas is going to run a lot more under center. Um, so we'll see how they utilize the defensive packages this week because it's been different the first two weeks of the season. Last question, Bobby. Giants Daily Trivia at Trivia underscore NYG. Go give Giants Daily Trivia a follow because uh, Wes does an awesome job running that account. Don't know if you wanted me to dox him. Too bad I did. Justin, do you have an official statement about the whiteout the Giants are promoting versus the talking Giants blackout? Bobby, for months. Eh, I was cracking up laughing seeing this. I was like, yes, this is the best thing that ever happened. For a long time. I have been promoting this Monday Night Football Dallas game as we are all like Snacks' tailgate crew. They, we already have the Talking Giants tailgate crew shirts. We are all going to wear black, the black tailgate shirts. I think it looks awesome. If you ha- you know, go order it online if you want to be part of the crew, even if you're not, you know, even if you're not at the games. The black just looks awesome. You know, blue is the basic blue, but black, ju- it just looks so cool. And then lo and behold, we get an email from Brian Dable and Julian Love goes on WFAN and they fucking say, we're white. <laughs> we're white. So I initially said no. And I was like, fuck this. Why are we wearing white? Because Dallas wears white. And like, what are we trying to blend in? Are we trying to like, so we don't see how many cowboy fans are there. But then once I got that email from Dable, I was like, if coach is asking us to do this. We have to do this. So I'm wearing my white Victor Cruz Super Bowl 46 jersey that I bought on Facebook Marketplace for $40. I was getting ready to tell people to order one of the shirts as white, but it won't get there in time, so I won't tell no, you to do that. No, it, no, it won't. Um, Sucks. I just I thought that was hilarious. I was like, this is, this is the best thing to ever You're happen to me. You kidding me? All right, that's an episode. We'll be back Friday with a preview podcast. Very excited to 
Next year, I'm a little nervous about Michael Parsons. But anyways, we'll be back on Friday to preview the Cowboys game. We're going to go 3-0. Appreciate you guys. We'll see you on the next one. Until then, let's go Big Blue.